2: A second thought. No, wait. Oh My word. 0 oh for 9 in game 5. Steph is 5 of 6 in game 6.
3: 72 to 50. And the biggest lead of the night.
2: Steph Curry
3: was an MVP. Unanimous MVP. And now he's an NBA Finals MVP. Congratulations, Steph. From 95.7 The Game.
2: That's what it's all about right there, baby. Because we all love, obviously, Bob Fitzgerald, but with Tim Roy down, wouldn't the logical choice be Kevin Dana, bring the kid up from Santa Barbara, have That's him call That's not that a day? bad
3: call. I understand that. But Fitz had been there for 20-plus years yeah. had never had a chance to call a finals game because the networks get all that opportunity. And so it's great to have Fitz behind the mic. Kevin is going to have his moment. It's going to be soon. We're going to get to him in just a second. 888 957 Hour number three of Devon & Co's here on 95.7 The Game. you proud home of the world champion Golden State Warriors. Tomorrow's parade begins at 1120 in the morning. It's at Market and Main. Goes all the way to Market and Eighth, About a mile and a half. It'll take about two and a half hours to go through. We'll have complete and total coverage here. I think it's going to be a dynamite fun day.
2: Look forward to it. Are you going to be battling the to be, uh, Temperatures are supposed to be... <laughs> In the low 70s, which means somebody will get shirtless if there is indeed a rally. I mean, one of the players. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> what was it referring to
3: you? Oh, I thought you meant uh, maybe some people will be watching the parade. <laughs> you keep the shirt on, all right? Are you? Are you gonna? <laughs> I, <laughs> you haven't seen this. You don't know. You don't want any of this smoke. You don't know what's going on underneath this yeah, layer. What's going on let's,
2: here? Let's keep it that way. <laughs> You get to a point when you know when men get, you know when you become this, the shape of an egg. It's time to you know keep keep the shirt on. Not you necessarily. It's just I've got maybe
3: a small pair going. <laughs> you know I'm I'm pretty tight to
2: a point, and then it kind of widens out. What do you, when you're in Hawaii out there at Kailua Beach, what? Oh, that's where I wanted to go. Yeah, my we were talking about dad moments. My I remember my father and I out there in Kailua Beach in the water. We get into these sort of these boxing matches in the water when I was a little kid. That was sort of my, my experiences with my old man. But what are you wearing in Kailua? Are you actually, I know you don't go in the water, but when you're walking that beautiful wearing beach? my Stussies. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you, you
3: don't go in the water at all? I'm not a big fan of the water. I'm not a big fan of the ocean. It's
2: 75 degrees out there. The water. Wow. I mean.
3: It's not warm enough for me. 75 degrees. Doing? It's not warm enough. So you're a jacuzzi or bust. I'm yeah, I want water warm. That's what I want. I want over eighty. It has to be over eighty. I'd prefer like over eighty five. And then I'll wade into it slowly.
2: So in Hawaii you're going ankle deep, maybe. Maybe.
3: Maybe. Now I will get into a kayak and go out to Flat Island. Oh, that's nice. Okay, I'll do that. So you end up getting some splash on you.
2: How far is that to Flat Island? Let's say like a two two miles, maybe mile and a half. It depends. Yeah, it's it is that, but it and it, of course it depends on Currents, what's going on with the tides. Cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All
3: right. Let's talk a little Golden State Warrior basketball with Kevin Dano. I call him Dano. It's, call,
2: it's not his name. I know, ahead.
3: I know. But yeah, we were on the Hawaii theme. Oh, book, book him Dano. <laughs> right. That's why we got to change his name. Kevin joins us here on Devone & Co's on 95.7 The Game. Oh, wait, he
2: was on hold during that entire story. I, thought, I mean, didn't know he was.
3: I thought he was going to pop up over here. Well, I didn't know he was on I hold. that's
2: why I had the segue with exactly. Tim Roy. And then suddenly you just put him on the shelf. And I'm like, oh, maybe he's at 11.30. We had no. to put him through that entire torture thing. Again. you. Do it again. So Tim Roy, unable to go. Yeah, we love Bob Fitzgerald, but I wanted to see my man Kevin Dan get an opportunity.
3: And he joins us right now on Devon & Co's on 95.7 The Game. Kevin, it's not my fault. It's Chris, the producer's fault for not. I, I like it's not up on my board, so I was waiting for you. So I apologize, Kevin. That was really solid, wasn't it? Is you know we could probably be doing the uh, Stockton Kings with this type of broadcasting. I mean, couldn't we? <laughs> Oh, I can stop. They've told me not to come back, so I, I don't think I have to worry about that. Uh, Kevin, let's start with this Golden State Warriors team. Of the four Warrior Championships, where does this one rank as far as as, as being satisfied with how it went down and the way this ride went? Two mistakes by Chris in one segment. How about that? Uh, um, We're all liquored over here today, so just bear with (laughs) us. (laughs) Getting ready for the parade, Dan. Dan. Kevin. (laughs) Book them.
4: You you know, like... (laughs) But I'd say outside of the Golden State Warriors locker room, a lot of people thought this was a team that was a four-seed, five-seed at best, and all right, they were a three-seed, and they needed the three-seed on the last day of the regular season. But I don't think anyone saw this coming outside of those guys in the locker room and the diest of diehard fans.
2: Kevin, Dan, our guest. Hey, Kevin, what are the chances that, that everybody comes back? And I'm talking, obviously, the talk going forward is is Wiggins and what are you going to do with Poole and obviously Kevon Looney and GP2. How's that all going to figure out?
4: Yeah, that's a tough question because – You want to have all those guys back, especially when you win a championship. You want to bring back all the pieces that were key to that championship. And fortunately for the Warriors, they have Joe Lacob. And he has been willing to spend his entire time as the owner of the Golden State Warriors or co-owner of the Golden State Warriors. So that's, that's going to be the big question because obviously as a fan, you want all those guys back. And those guys in the locker room want all those guys back because they know it's a recipe for success. And so, hopefully.
3: Kevin, I'm glad you brought up Joe Lacob. And here's why. You go back to his tenure as the owner. He was laughed at. He was ridiculed. He was mocked. He came out here, and remember, pointing to that banner in Oakland, saying that's lonely, we're going to add some to it. He got mocked. He got mocked by people on this station, by media members in this town, by fans. He got booed off his own court. And you just brought him up as the key mem- or the key piece as to why they continue to be great at a level that few get a chance to see. Hey, I, I, if you could, would you like to see – like, everyone talks about the statues. Lacob deserves to say Lacob and Goober deserve it, for crying out loud. But do you think that Joe Lacob gets enough credit – for being the guy at the helm of this dynasty that he's been able to build in a salary cap sport when no other team has been able to sustain it the way they have.
4: Yeah. Cause that's a really good question because, and thank you, Chris for, for fixing that, that it sounds a lot better now. So <laughs> uh, I can, I can finally uh, not hear myself, which is fantastic. So great job guys in the back, but yeah, no, I mean, Joe Lake ha- deserves a ton of credit and you know, not only getting ridiculed there, but booed by the fans when he traded Monte Ellis on Chris Mullen retirement night. And, yeah, I mean, it was a bumpy start to the Lake of Era for sure, and he really turned it around, and it didn't take that long, honestly. I mean, he was booed, what, February of 2012, whenever that trade was for Andrew Bogut. The next year they were in the playoffs, and two years after that, they won a championship. That is a pretty rapid turnaround for – what was a moribund franchise. I mean, you're talking about one playoff appearance in, what, 18 years? I mean, it, and it's tough to do that in a league where more than half the teams make the playoffs. So, a uh, really, really good job that he's done. And, I mean, he's committed to winning. He's very committed to winning. And you can't say that about every ownership group.
2: Kevin, taking a look at the future as it relates to the youngsters in this team, namely the Jonathan Kamingas and the Moses Moody's of the world, what would their roles be going forward?
4: Yeah, I mean they're going to have bigger roles next year, that's for sure. And I imagine in a deep playoff run next year that they will get more rotation minutes because you you got to earn your your stripes as a rookie. You got to earn that trust and I especially think Moses Moody earned that trust for what he did in game 2 of the Dallas series. Those fourth quarter minutes that he played were huge help extend that lead. You know, played within himself. And for Jonathan Kaminga, you know, this is a guy that, all right, he didn't get rotation minutes in the final, neither did Moses, and maybe wasn't in the rotation as much as Moses was in the Dallas series. But he started playoff games against Memphis in the second round. And, I mean, the the talent, you see it. it it's oozing through. And with a bit of refinement, which we, we definitely saw, I think we saw that Kaminga's a very fast learner from how he was able to get himself pretty quickly integrated after those first few games in November. He made some serious strides in the months of January and February especially. And so I I think these guys are going to be much bigger pieces of the rotation next year and bigger pieces of the playoff rotation in 2023.
3: I'm going to flip that equation in a second. Santa Cruz Warriors play-by-play man and – Warriors Roundtable host Kevin Dana joining us here on Devona Co's on 95.7 The Game. your proud home of the world champion Golden State Warriors Parade Monday down Market Street in the city. Uh, Keep it tuned here uh, and you'll enjoy it the entire time if you can't make it to the uh, event itself. So, Kevin, let me turn it around and say this about the Golden State Warriors who continue to think forward and look at what the future holds for them. You just got more out of Andrew Wiggins. (laughs) Than anyone has ever gotten out of Andrew Wiggins. He's got one more year left. You can't sign him to a new deal uh, in this off season. But what about the thinking of you sell when you the price is high? You got the most out of him. You take the Bill Walsh theme of trade too early instead of too late. Would you? How surprised would you be if Andrew Wiggins does not play another game with the Golden State
4: Warriors? I mean, that's an interesting question, Coz. I would be very surprised if he doesn't play another game with the Golden State Warriors. I I, I personally don't think you mess with what got you a championship, and the Warriors, by and large, haven't messed with that formula. Obviously, made the big splash with Kevin Durant um, and then kept that salary slot alive. That trade for Russell was huge because it led to not only Wiggins, but Jonathan Kamingo. And now that this group has brought you another championship in a fourth and eight years. It's tough to turn that away with what Wiggins did in the playoffs, just his defensive acumen in the playoffs, especially against Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum. And and Clay came along as the playoffs went, went along defensively, but Andrew Wiggins is that clear defensive stopper for this team. Now that, that Clay has gotten into his early thirties and he's coming off two major injuries. Andrew Wiggins stepped into that role perfectly and, it would behoove the Warriors to keep him in that role.
2: Kevin, another guy that they have to think about re-signing, that of course is Jordan Poole. Now I think there's a little more latitude there because he's still under contract next year. But are you convinced and or do you think management is convinced that they've seen enough of this guy to give him the quote-unquote bag?
4: I think you definitely saw enough through the first two rounds to know that you want this guy to be a big part of the rotation for the next eight to 10 years and what that bag looks like i don't know uh you know it start people were saying four for 80 then they were saying four for 100 i think i heard four for 110 at one point i i do think you want to secure him at some point i don't know if you let him hit that restricted free agency and just say we'll match whatever go find your top offer and we'll match it i don't know what the best way to do that is but you need someone who has that confidence level to, all right, maybe he takes some bad shots. I mean, not maybe take some bad shots. He does take bad shots. But you need someone to have that J.R. Smith level confidence to just say, you know what? It's a big situation. My team needs me, and I'm going to let it rip. And you saw that in Game 6 of the NBA Finals. His 11 points in the first, what, seven, eight minutes that he played in that game, the late part of the first quarter and early part of the second quarter, that is where Golden State pulled away, essentially, in this game. And Boston never got it closer than eight or nine the rest of the way. And Jordan Poole played a huge role in that. Kevin, will, will, Alan Smiley, you, you. will Alan Smiley,
3: will Alan Smiley Geach ever become the next, become the next uh, Bielitza? That's my only question that I've got. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right. So I know what Warriors fans are thinking. And I know this is going to come across as a very corporate response. You can call me corporate Kev. That's fine. I'll own it. No problem. I know who pays my check. Exactly but if you watched the Santa Cruz Warriors in 2018-19 you would have been as excited as everyone who was on that Santa Cruz Warriors staff and in the broadcast booth when they drafted him at 39 in 2019 i mean this kid was doing some pretty incredible stuff the numbers won't show it but just the the absolute supreme killer ivan drago confidence that this guy had on the court what was un- I mean, he was going at Demarcus Cousins in practice. He he was coming for people's heads. He was demanding the ball in a one-point game, going up against like a two-way guy in Jonathan Motley, who all right, maybe the NBA fan doesn't know who that guy is, but G League guys, guys who watch him play a Baylor, like they, they know this dude's the truth. He dunked on him to win a game. This guy had this killer instinct. And and to take his side in things not not saying obviously like he wasn't going to work out for the golden state warriors at this stage in his career but to give him a defense he was never healthy for his first two training camps and i think that set him behind the eight ball with golden state and so if he can't get those training camp reps he's going to behind be behind a little bit and when you're going up against the guys that are on that roster it's going to be a tough road for him to hoe i'm going to be
3: i'm going to be sporting my Repping my number nine Smiley Geach yes. Golden State Warriors jersey at yeah, the parade Coles, tomorrow. I like it. There we go. Somebody's a true believer over here, and I'm that guy. <laughs> By what's
2: the you... way, love the Rocky reference, Ivan Drago. I know Thank that you. was
3: good. That was good. <laughs> what, what's your assignment <laughs> yeah. tomorrow, Kevin? What do you What do you What do you get to ride a float, or do you have to report on it?
4: Uh, I have no assignment uh, at the moment. My okay. assignment is going through film of uh draft guys and and seeing my personal assignment just uh getting more familiar with the guys in the draft class i like it i like it uh, gotta you know starting
3: tuesday you gotta get ready for the draft on thursday is chad holmgren gonna be there at 29 uh you know if
4: if, if the warriors had the 25th pick maybe no (laughs) i actually saw one mock draft yesterday that had him going sixth and i was like, hmm. I was curious like Taylor Jenkins at the podium after game three of the Western Conference semifinals. That's, someone's <laughs> just a joker. He could slide. He's not going to slide anywhere.
2: Well, you're not going number one. He's going to get pushed
3: around in his first year, but he is talented. Mm, dude is, he is very talented.
2: Wow. He's, my guy Devone's down on him. Well, we'll get into him. I'm not, <laughs> a, I'm not high on this kid. All righty. I, I, I like Bancaro and Smith better than him,
4: but he's yeah. still really good.
2: No, he's good, but not number one.
3: It's a three-player draft. I agree. That's all I know. After that, it's a crapshoot. Roll the dice. So, Kevin, enjoy tomorrow. Celebrate. Do some day drinking. And then (laughs) start watching players for the draft on Thursday. And we'll have full-blown draft coverage here on your proud home of the world champion Golden State Warriors. We appreciate you joining us, Kevin. Thanks, Kev. Koz, Devon, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're the best, man. Kevin Dana.
2: Hey, I got another Rocky reference for you. Uh, I can't wait to So, Ivan Drago, the Smiley geeks reference, strong. But I felt that the Golden State Warriors, after everything they heard about the best defense and even guys like me that started drinking the Kool-Aid, that they're bigger, they're stronger. These guys are just such remarkable athletes. The worm began to turn after, like, Game 3 or Game 4, where the Warriors went, again, another Rocky reference. I think this is going Rocky 2, Clubber Lang, Mr. T, you ain't so bad. That's the Warriors collectively thinking, their collective thought process when it came to the Boston Celtics of 2022. You know what I agree. What? It ain't so bad.
3: Nope. You're absolutely right. Good text here on the Xfinity Mobile text line about this championship being the one that's really the most fulfilling because of the way they did it, but then the button that really that pushes it over the top, winning it in Boston against an historic franchise and making them suck on that egg at home. I think that that kind of puts this one into its own special location.
2: Would you rather are you one of those you want to see them win it in Boston as opposed to winning no, it at home? I'm sad
3: that we don't have a game seven tonight.
2: Yeah, you told me that. Yeah.
3: I am all about Boston winning game six or I don't know if it would have been tonight or I think it would have been tonight. Would have been game seven. Yeah. Uh, I was I'm bummed. I wanted the game seven. I know you I'm did. I'm selfish fan. I want more greatness. Imagine lifting the trophy over a Chase Center and then having the parade on Wednesday. I mean, I just think that would have been phenomenal. But Jim, you
2: know what players Jim, say, though?
4: You would have been a nervous wreck today. Honestly, everybody on Father's no. Day would have been a nervous wreck. I Don't, know. don't
3: lie to yourself, Jim. You would have been the, a nervous but wreck. But that's the beauty of it. That's what we want. You don't want things these What is it with this soft society that we're want, building I I, here? I want
4: an Ottoman game. I want to kick my feet no. up enjoy See? with my family. No. no, no,
3: no. You guys are wrong. You were wrong a few years ago when I said the same thing about the 49ers. I wanted Week 17. It was a 16-game season back then. Week 17 in Seattle to mean something, and everyone was laughing at me on Joe Lowe and Dibs because I was filling in for Low that week, and I said, screw it. I want game Seven, or Week 17 to mean something. I want them to lose one of these next two games and have the game in Seattle mean something. That was the best game of the year. For the 49ers, when they go up there to a place they had never won and they had to beat Russell Wilson, and everyone in the Bay Area the next day, there was a a collective love fest. And yeah, there were nerves all day long waiting for that nighttime Sunday game. But make it mean something. It creates the moments, man.
2: Exactly.
3: I've had my team win one World Series in the last 108 years up until when they won it. Chicago Cubs winning Cleveland. Extra innings, Game 7. Who would have wanted to take that away from their emotion? What do you want, four-game sweep where you blow them out? I had more fun watching the Cubs win a World Series on television in extra innings than I did watching the Bears win a Super Bowl when I was at it in New Orleans when they blew out
2: the Patriots. How about that? Ever heard that Cubs joke? Sorry. (laughs) I digress again. With the guys, the grandfather's on his deathbed, and he's saying something, and he's mumbling. This apparently was a true story. Mm Mm-hmm. And the kids are gathered around. The family's gathering around. They're like, what is that, Grandpa? What is that? And then he's, he's motioned to come closer. And his last words were, got to trade Kingman. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that sounds that sounds very much like it. There's another story like that in uh, Salt Lake City. I think it's in Salt Lake. It might have been somewhere in Utah. A guy passes away, longtime jazz fan. He's in his 80s. He writes his own own bit. And he writes in his own bit. They should have gotten rid of Jerry Sloan five years ago in his own obit. In his own obit, he writes it. It is amazing what they got with people like sport. That's what sports does to us, right?
2: We're not not right, people. We're not right. We're simply not right. I would add this to winning on the road. Players will tell you this. Coaches will tell you this, is that when you win in a place like Boston – once you win and you celebrate, people can't go their different way to their families or whatever. You're isolated like in the yeah. hotel. So you got it. There's this sort of camaraderie where it's just us. Yeah. Let's party all night. Whereas sometimes you get attracted and you or you get distracted and you go down different avenues. You're right.
3: You're so, right. And and the moment is theirs. Remember, it's ours, but they have their moment as well. Give me a real quick uh, is it KO in San Jose or Co. I want to make sure I get it right. Oh, it's Ko. Ko, thank you. They didn't put the uh, the proper punctuation. So Ko, welcome in Devon and 957. Who are you knocking out? Game. Who are you knocking yeah, out? Who's in your top ten? Oh man, I'm knocking out. Um, uh, nobody. I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> so what does Ko? What does um, Ko
2: stand for? It's uh,
3: it's in, in my culture. It's
2: the firstborn son. Ah, ah. So you're Korean.
3: I'm Nian. Oh,
2: it, there you go. I'm thank, thank you. In
3: Korea, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, I just want to make a few points. Um, we were talking about, you guys are talking about top 10 all time. I have the list. Um, of course, not everyone's going to agree with it, but I have number one, Michael Jordan. Number two, Kareem. Number three, Wilt, Number four, Magic. Number five, Bird. Number six, LeBron. Number seven, Tim Duncan. Number eight, Kobe. Number nine, Bill Russell. And number 10, Steph Curry. Um.
2: Drop the mic. Drop the mic, KO.
3: (laughs) Shaq, they had to change Um, the game because of Shaq. the Devon... Uh, Dan, you know what? I didn't know that you were Hawaiian until I looked you up on um, on Instagram, and uh, this whole time I thought you were Sean Salisbury. You sound just like him.
2: Sean Salisbury? No, I'm, I, I don't have a receding friend hairline combing my hair with a towel, a former NFL quarterback. No, we all love Sean. No, not that's not me. I just took a shot at Sean Salisbury. He's
3: not here. It's the best time that's to take a shot at a guy. <laughs> right?
0: What are you doing?
3: KO, we appreciate it, my friend. That's a good list yes. of 10. But there are some arguments in there. There's some on there. You got I, you're the one with the issues, brother. I got no issues. I but I had I had an easy list. I got to 8 or 9 and I didn't even have LeBron or Steph in it yet. Gotta That's right. <laughs> got to get Bird out. You're you know what? How can you hate on on one of the great? I mean he's, he's one of the great all-time. Didn't Barkley just I'm, say I'm Bird was better than all, all, all of us? That's what Barkley said. Bird was better than all of us. I'm not saying he wasn't one of the greatest <clears> of all time. time. I'm just saying Steph deserves to be up there. You, you know, not with Bird. He's not Bird, okay? He's not Magic. He's not the three big ones. I'm going to take Mike and off the list because he played in a different era and you guys would never, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to handle that argument. So I'm fine with that. But Shaq Diesel, they changed the way the game is called because of his
2: immense size. What brings up an interesting point? Was he just blessed with size and strength? As opposed to someone like that, a Steph, who has to be so skilled. And one of the reasons why they add an extra digit to the two-point that it's now a three-pointer, it's because to shoot from that distance takes a skill set, as opposed to somebody like that. I could even put this to that of Will Chamberlain and the the one and only you know Bill Russell. They, there were no seven-footers that were patrolling the NBA back then. These guys were head and shoulders bigger than everybody. And Shaq was amazing. But a lot of it was just simply DNA. He was just bigger and stronger than anybody. His skill set was very limited.
3: Wow. Shaq shots on, on Father's Day, no less. I know. I can't believe we're doing this kind of stuff. I thought we'd have more of a...
2: You know, I hate the conversation. <laughs> Shout out, Shaq. <Hack-a-Shack. laughs> you started the conversation, didn't I? More to come.
3: Uh, we've got more Warriors on the table. Uh, Scott and Vallejo wants to talk about the parade. We will do that when we continue. And we have to get into the, which warriors are you willing to move on from?
2: Getting discussion? ready for the T's. Oh,
3: yeah. Give me the T's. Huh? What does that sound mean, everybody?
2: Sounds like a cheap spin wheel somebody made in their garage.
3: All that with Dan Devone and Jim Cozumore, 95.7 The Game.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?
4: Wiggins comes across, working on 48 Up top to Curry, quick release, and
3: splash! There it is! The best shooter the game has ever seen has cemented his legacy. No one has made more threes than Stephen Curry. And when you consider he has many more years in his career, he might be setting a record that may never be broken. Now back to 95-7, the game. Hmm. I know, huh? That boy Steph. Hmm. Had Pete Maravich been able to play with a three-point oh, line? Man, we're going back to Pistol Pete. Would Tim Roy have been able to say that? Back I,
4: don't to Wiggins.
3: I don't
2: know. I don't know. Maravich wasn't, much, he wasn't necessarily a shooter. He averaged 44 a game when they didn't have a three-point line in college. <laughs> I had no idea.
3: For, oh, his LSU, LSU. LSU. for his career, he averaged 44 a But game. I mean,
2: shooter in terms of, was he, I, I don't know. Look at he his three-point stats. Was he? He shot over 50%. Oh, wow. You
3: know what? But he, he was like five for eight all time. Because oh. when he played, it was his last year, I think was the
2: first year of the three-point line. Let everyone know what you've got. Well, I just put the wheel up on a desk. <laughs> I'm trying to position this so that it works. And, and so what is I, this
3: wheel that you have?
2: So I have a wheel. I've been working on this. Chris and I, it was about the last 10 days, we Where were in Chris's basement, and we've been putting together uh, a wheel that is laminated with every player, coach, and we even have the uh, head of the medical staff. And so what we'll do with this wheel is that we will spin it, and whatever name it lands on, we will play either a word association, the first word that jumps into your head, or we will talk about that player extensively and or coach
3: okay but this is a
2: wheel that we have spent a lot of time on uh i I know chris was in workshop and put this together from scratch it's on a little tripod here color-coded color-coded and it's got a little uh well hold on (laughs) god that sounds that sounds like a nine-year-old put it together hold on
3: I know what you're thinking out there in the audience. How
2: can these guys only be working
3: on the weekends?
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This is this good is production reading, right here. <laughs> okay, we will.
4: We will oh, get wait, to wait, that. Oh wait, wait, We
2: need to do it again. Just, I know, we're just teasing it. But can we? Can I have some proper music, Brian? Huh. A little loud. God, this is like Sports Talk Radio Market 162. We're we're officially doing, even they're mocking us. We're officially doing sports from Pocatello, Idaho.
3: Let's get phone calls: triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's the Xfinity mobile text line as well. Scott has been nice enough to hold in Vallejo. Scott on the parade. Uh, you going to go to the parade? How are you going to view the parade? What's the story on that, my friend?
4: You know, I'm fortunate to be in a position where I can just take the day off. I've got I've got a balcony room at the Hyatt right there overlooking Market. So me and my wife are going to go out there. We're going to wake up, watch them set up the parade, and be part of it. That's
3: what I'm talking That's about. Fun. You guys are going to have your own celebration and then get ready for the parade. Whoa. That's what I like, Scotty.
2: I want to be you, Scott. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's my man. That's
3: hey, my man. Top 10, though. Top 10, though. You got to get Steph. I mean, come on. He has to be in the top 10. None of those guys. Are six foot three, and I don't want to hear he's six foot two. I know he's six foot three. I'm six foot two, and when I sit next to him, once he's about an inch taller than me. So he's six foot three, and he's by far the shortest and most skilled of the top ten of all time. Mm, that's an interesting question, right there. I and you, so you like him in the top ten role, and I, you know what? I will tell you this: I can understand the arguments, but. I don't know if he can play in the – like, this This version of the Warriors against any of the Bulls championship teams, this team gets its butt kicked.
2: Warriors team. Oh, you're going straight up Charles Barkley here.
3: I mean, it is – I mean, Scotty, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about, like, even the Warriors in their prime with KD. You know, Steph steps on the floor and it opens with, hey, uh, Ron Harper, why don't you start on number 30? And then in the second quarter, hey Scotty, why don't you jump on number thirty? And then in the next quarter, they go, you know what? Let's take it off. Let's take off the pedal. Let's give him Tony Kukoc. And then in the fourth quarter, they drop number twenty-three on him, and Steph gets a, you know, he gets locked down. Sorry, that's just what would happen. All right, maybe they even throw Steve Kerr on the guy, and Kerr, Kerr frustrates him.
2: <laughs> yeah, who's coaching them if they play? <laughs>
3: Well, boy, oh boy, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, if they have those two teams going at it, can Steve Kerr coach the Warriors and play for the Bulls at the same time? <laughs> that's a good one, Scotty. I like have that. A great
2: weekend. You do the same, brother. Happy Father's Day. Have fun, Day. man. You sound like that's the way you do it, right? Yeah,
3: yeah.
4: Back to Wiggins.
3: If that's what you do,
2: Scotty, he's above doing it the unwashed right. masses. He's got a hotel with a balcony. Yeah, I can't. Wife.
3: He's in. A, he's in a different tax yeah. bracket. Okay, you're you're playing a different game than I'm playing, Scotty. Scotty, I'm on Bart wearing a mask with the unwashed masses, trying to make my way like a a salmon swimming upstream to get to Market Street so I could see my favorite doves. Wearing that damn split hat. Oh, dog, I might wear the split hat tomorrow.
2: Please, no. You won't get out alive.
3: There's a good chance I wear the split hat tomorrow. You may get struck.
2: Wow. Oh, God.
3: I thought we are all loving and welcoming here in the Bay Area. No, not with split hats. I thought... uh, you know that was our strength.
2: <laughs> that when it comes to split hats, you pick a lane, man. You get on one side of the fence or the other. What is this split hat? Sophomore Pacific. He's a sophomore. He's sophomore. a five foot eleven sophomore. Sophomore
3: in Pacifica. What's happening,
2: sophomore? Hey y'all. I have I have a, a, an appreciation and a question. So the appreciation is for the Warriors and the. Culture, Uh, you know, of course, basketball, right? But the culture that they are
0: promoting with their style of basketball
2: and the way they work together,
0: uh, so awesome. And I've learned a ton listening to you guys on this station. So it's been a
2: wonderful season, great times with friends and family the whole time. Got to go to game five just now. Uh, But that brought up, you know, watching these guys on the court brought up a question. When the current core ages out, you know, and they're retired or playing part-time, and you got the young guys as the actual, that's the Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Our young guys, does that team look more like the current Warriors, or does it look more like the Celtics in terms of personnel, strengths, and style of play? And I just want to hear what you guys have to say about that thought.
3: It's a good question. Thank you very much, sophomore. Uh, happy Father's Day to you. The young core Boston has is pretty darn good. It's pretty darn good. Young core Warriors have, not as strong as that.
2: Well, the young core, if his question was the young core of the Warriors, what is it going to look like? It's not going to look like, and it's not going to be as good as what we're witnessing right now, simply because there is no Steph Curry in this young core when you're talking about Moody, Jordan yeah. Poole, and Jonathan. Jordan Kermingo.
3: Poole ain't gonna become Steph nor Clay nor Draymond.
2: Gotta just recognize that this was once in a lifetime what you're witnessing right now. It's not like okay, they're done next. They'll be good, but in terms of what we're witnessing and enjoying right now, this is this is rare. And you don't you don't duplicate and there's not a Steph coming in every other draft. This is a once in a lifetime sort of player. No
3: question. He is But no one knew that. In fact, I'll go back to the Joe Lacob card. Joe Lacob was mocked when he gave Steph Curry four years and $44 million coming off the ankle injury. And we didn't know if he had surgery, didn't have surgery. We didn't know if he was going to be able to play 82 games because his ankles kept breaking along the way. Kept having serious ankle twists. And Lacob got mocked. And midway through that deal... Laker was getting mocked for stealing Seth Curry because Steph had become such a great player, only making $11 million a year at the time, that it became a, the greatest, it's probably the greatest contract ever signed, right? Oh, yeah. Four years, $44 million for a guy who was always broke down, and the next thing you know, he becomes the the brightest light of the NBA.
2: Steph would always talk about it, and he takes the other view of, you know, he used to be upset with it at times because if, that's when he began to become Steph. Mm-hmm. And he's making, you know, that sort of paltry sum, comparatively speaking. But he said he learned to not count other people's money, which he had to do at the back end of that contract. Because he's like, really? I've just stepped in to this arena of now becoming one of the best currently in the NBA, and this is how much I'm making? But he knew his day would come. Oh, it's come all right. Well, yeah. All right. Are you ready to uh, spin the wheel here oh, on Father's Day? Hold on. Hold on.
3: I know. We teased it. So n- no show. Here's some of the things that we do. We tease more segments we never get to. We're, di- we're doing this. We tease Kevin Dana and had him on the line and still never went to him.
2: Hey, can you uh, can I get some music there, please? Oh, no. where's Brian? What oh, is Brian yeah. got a smoking break?
3: Yeah, yeah. We- Brian with a wise out having a dart, All right. and uh, Chris, who's about to be the biggest television star of this group, we doesn't know how horn. to run the board. Hey,
2: we got I need to hear a horn. Here we go.
3: All right. There's the spinner. It will land on a name. Round and round it goes. Mike Brown. Mike Brown. Quick. What comes to your name? Or comes the first thing that pops into your head? He's going to basketball hell. He's about to be the next warrior person to land in Sacramento and fail miserably. Trash. Kings trash. But I like Mike Brown as a person. He's just going to a horrible situation. Trash. Yeah.
2: He's going to the Kings and the Kings are trash. Let's do it again. Ah, round and round it goes. Ron Adams, the one guy I did not want I don't even
3: know who he is. I I, I will tell you this. The Warriors aren't the Warriors without Ron Adams. He is the greatest wingman in the history of the NBA. Has been successful with every franchise virtually he's been with as a defensive wizard. Basketball Hall of Fame worthy. And without him... You know, you can look at Steph's shooting coach, you could look at the myriad of lead assistants who have gone off to have head coaching jobs in the NBA. Ron Adams is the single most important coach, wingman Steve Kerr has had.
4: And I'll tell you this one more the Warriors aren't the defensive team they are without Ron Adams. I thought
2: it was Mike Brown.
4: Well, Ron Adams was the original defensive I know. coordinator, but I know. they aren't the defensive team without Ron Adams.
2: I think you're both reached when it comes to Ron Adams. I got nothing for that guy. Let's get another wow. one. Of
3: Oh, there it goes. What's going to happen? Who's the next name? Otto
2: Porter. You go.
3: You you're the only guy who hasn't
2: said anything yet. Wilt Chamberlain. What was he? He's a cross between Wilt Chamberlain, and he looks like uh, somebody else. They have him as a cross Famous between singer, artist. Who is it? Drake? No. No. Old school. Come on now. Prince? Is it Prince? No. Lionel Richie. Oh, Ritchie. Lionel Ritchie. That's right, Lionel Richie. Oh, Lionel so
3: Richie, between...
4: yeah.
2: I see the will. He looks, he's very. From what I understand, Lionel Richie,
3: one of the nicest men in show business. Is that right? When a limo comes to pick him up, he doesn't sit in the back. He sits next to the driver. Did you hear what Shaq did? I was in New York when this happened. He threw uh, $10,000 out of a limo when he was driving by and uh, had a bunch of bums pick it up. <laughs> I just, you asked what I checked it. I, I guess We're, we're we to have
2: some level of PC and not call these people bums, man. What is going on here? Do you want me to call them junkies? <laughs> not bums. Well, I'm not going to call them, uh I'm not going to call them. Some bums picked up his I'm just telling you. Uh No, he was at a restaurant, this new Chinese restaurant out in, uh, in New York, on the Upper East Side, Upper West Side, I believe. Thank you for the music. It has no relevance to what I'm saying, but you can keep it going.
3: Yeah. It's always good to have music yeah, playing under you. a segment. Can That's I mean, radio. Is- radio 101 makes it sound like it's moving quicker.
2: So he not only did he, uh, he tipped the waiter $500. He then proceeded to pay for everybody in the entire restaurant, like picked up their entire tab. Jack it? Shacked it. And then he walked out and he said quietly because he was in a private room, do not let anybody know that I did this. Well, Shaq's that guy.
3: Was that because he was on a date with somebody? Yes! That's the story? Yeah, he, was he came on a in with date. an unknown. With right. The, yes. Yeah. yeah did you, I did hear that story. This is in New
2: York. Yeah, good job.
3: It's my understanding he's one of the nicest guys on the planet. Uh, a buddy of mine used to be the assistant PR guy with the Lakers, and, and I've heard a lot of Shaq stories. Listen. You're 20-something, and you've got hundreds, $100 million. You can do some wacky things, which all 20-somethings do, but his heart is in the right place. I love story time with Cullis and I have a
2: buddy that used to work in Las Vegas, and he was great. Uh-huh. He would tell me of the guys that were really generous and the ones that were really cheap. And one of the greatest nicknames, and he, he said, this dude was absolutely above everybody else when it came to gratuities or the lack thereof. No-tippin' Scotty Pippin'. You got that right, brother. <laughs> that
3: is a true story. I've got that on good authority. My right? uh, my cousin was in the food and beverage industry in the city of Chicago, and that's what he was known as. Uh, No-tippin'
2: Pippin'. All right. We're going to do one more. Hold on. Hold on. That thing almost fell apart.
3: All right. Final spin of the there wheel. We go. Are Who you? are we going to talk about? Are we going to get rid of this Oh, player? Draymond. Oh, I like this one. Go ahead. Draymond Green. Uh, of the Golden State Warriors, who are most likely to finish their career wearing another jersey of the Ooh. Big Three, I think Draymond is that guy. Wow. wow! I'm not saying I'm not saying any of them will, but the one I, as much as Steph might have an affinity to play for Charlotte because his dad played for Charlotte and he grew up liking them, as much as Clay is just you know Clay, um, I think Draymond of the Big Three. Is the most likely to wear another jersey before his career is over.
2: I would agree with you had they not won the NBA championship. Okay, but I think now these guys are Mount Rushmore. They they write their own ticket. If he wants to go back with the Pistons and says, "Hey, listen, I want to finish things out like That's Henry Aaron one. didn't. Hank Aaron go and finish things with the Milwaukee uh,
3: Brewers. I Brewers. I think he, he did he, have some swings there because he started with the Milwaukee Braves.
2: Yeah, so I think if it's he can do that, but he's not getting traded. He can't now. He I
3: can't. I would agree unless. It's at the very, very end. Listen, Father Time undefeated. The Warriors' big three is pushing Father Time into overtime, but Father Time's eventually going to win that battle. Yes, and he's undefeated. And if there's a point when Draymond does say it would mean something to me to play in Detroit because Michigan is my home, you know, he's created a home for himself here, but Michigan is in his DNA. I would certainly see that as part of some massive, uh, some deal they can. They would. I think the Warriors are classy enough that they would move him there, if that's what Draymond wanted.
2: You know what jumps into my head when I see Draymond is Colin Coward, really? Yeah, because he's affiliated with Colin Coward. They're business partners. He's part of the volume, mm-hmm. which is his podcast. So there's a network all these, of podcasts. Yeah, network of podcasts, which these guys, you know, eventually will sell. Like that is an unlikely pair, Colin Coward and Draymond Green. Yeah. Do you not see those two seeing? I mean, he talks about real media. And being sort of a real guy, not that Colin Coward's bad. I don't have anything negative to say about him. I just don't see him as being real in the sense that it's somebody that Draymond Green would have an affinity to. And somehow they have struck up a business friendship.
3: Odd. Yeah. But there you have it. Our spin the wheel hey! game for Father's Day.
2: How that? How we do with that, Brian? Did that work? Do we bring it back?
3: He's got nothing. He's smoking again. (gasps) He's he's on the He's
2: eating a tuna sandwich now.
3: He's doing that and he's on the social media in there. Speaking of social media at 957 the game. Yeah, doing my job. Our Twitter poll (laughs) of which Warriors title of the four is the most satisfying. Do we have a leader yet? Do we have a a, do we want to give a partial tally with an hour to go on the show?
4: Yes, we have a leader and it is the most recent one. We got an an hour to go, man. We
2: got we got another wheel.
3: I know, exactly. We have another hour of this fun and games, this uh, craziness, zaniness sorry for interrupting. that goes on. Uh, it is Father's Day today. Are well, you going to do anything special today? Oh, wait, we gotta, he's answering your, your poll question. He, he said what the leader in the, oh, the clubhouse was. was. It was too busy the most recent Talking version. over you guys. The
2: most recent
3: championship is the one that right now is the most um, satisfying for Warrior
2: fans. Do, do we have percentages to uh, back that up? 88%. Wow. Come on, people.
3: I mean, I would think the teams that dominated so heavily would get a little bit more love. I would think the first one would get a little bit more love. But go to 95.7 The Game, our Twitter handle, at 957thegame. You can vote on our Twitter poll for Devon & Co's uh, Father's Day. I've got my special Father's Day dinner all riled up. I'm going to go home today. Uh, three daughters and my wife. We are going to see Top Gun. We watched wow. the original last night. As a oh, fail wow.
2: So you prepped yourself. So we prepped two-day everybody.
3: Two day event. And then today we are going to the theater and we're going to see it on the big X screen. So we're looking forward to that. So
2: Craig Valentino swears that this one, Maverick, that's what it's called, is better than the original.
3: I have not heard anyone uh, say anything negative about no. the movie except Brian with a Y just gave it a no.
4: Oh, wow. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm
3: saying not better than the original. Not. Nah. Serious, but, serious. But it's still worth seeing. Oh, yeah. I have heard real movie people, like fans of movies who go to everything, like they're the people who, what are the movies up for the Academy Award? I'm going to watch each and every one of them before I watch the Academy Awards. Those type of people have seen Top Gun,
2: and they swear by it. I love those sort of people, by the way. I love movie groups. Do you? Yeah, I love getting into. Did you really? Yes. Yes, I so studied, like the uh, lighting, how you yeah. sort of portray somebody who's sort of that sinister character. That's
3: great. So Alfred Hitchcock was one of the things that I kind of studied more specifically, and the way he used shading yeah. and lighting and um, uh, that was it was brilliant. It was br- he had so much imagery in his films; you have to watch him two and three times to understand.
2: And it. he would appear right a cameo in every one of his movies.
3: We just had a funny text from a
2: longtime listener from the five one zero.
3: So goes and his daughters binge watch talk because I was going through a binge watch phase in which I was watching a particular show. So every night I would watch one episode. Nice billions. Binge. I was watching billions every night, one episode. And so when, and Valentino goes, "That's not binge watching. That's watching a show." I said, "Well, what's binge watching?" I didn't know you're supposed to binge watching is you start. You watch the whole, yeah.
2: You watch the whole the, thing in a day, yeah.
3: That's binge watching. You watch a
2: season maybe in a day, and then in three days, you know, you, you watch you're caught and, up. You're caught up. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> that was
3: text of the day five one zero text of the day. Um, but after Top Gun today, we're I, I'm getting the big green egg out. Oh, nice. Got filet mignon, sweet potatoes, sweet corn on the cob, and some asparagus. And uh, my daughters, who are fabulous bakers, are going to make me a special Father's Day cake.
2: And this was your—you obviously this is picked my just out the menu. Yeah, this is my well, day. I and mean, yeah, if got- I didn't, you know, we got—I got
3: called to work on Friday. If I didn't work, we were going to go to mass this morning and then go on a family hike.
4: Now you did the food, Jim. Now Filmo needs a second one. Boots? What are we drinking? Okay,
3: are you ready? I'm going to open with a Manhattan. All right, and I've got some uh, Japanese whiskey that I'm going to use oh. for my Manhattan. Sake. No, no, I've got it. There's a whiskey that I have. A Suntory.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's slow things down here. Yeah. You're going Japanese whiskey into Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. I mix it up, baby. Wow. I do that, sweet vermouth. Instead of the bourbon. Some bitters.
3: Instead of bourbon, I'll use Japanese whiskey tonight.
2: That's bold, my man. That's what I do. That's very bold. That's what
3: I do. I mix things up. I shake, you know what? I shake the trees a little bit. You How gotta did you come up with this cage. concoction? You know what? I like to experiment, I rattle cages for a living. That's what I do. I change the world. You're messing with the Manhattan. I'm like Steph Curry. That's one of the pillars, man. You sure you want to go there? I'm going to go there. Not only do I do that with a little bitters, with a little um, sweet vermouth, then I drop in just a little bit of Contro, just a little bit, just a smidge. Then I throw two little small uh, little uh, uh, cocktail stirs of cherry juice. Give it a stir, and I'm going to start with a Manhattan. Then I'm going to smoke the Manhattan. I have a drink smoker. Then I'm going to smoke the Manhattan. You're kidding me right now. No, I'm not. I'm not. I've got the big ice cube. What does that do for the drink when you're smoking something? It's going to. Gives it a different flavor, gives Ah. it a smokier tone to that Japanese whiskey that I'm going to use. Wow. And then you can even see the smoke kind of ladle off it, off the top. And then, so the drink is going to have a smoky tinge to it. That's my. Drink I will have while I'm making the food, the steaks. And then for dinner, we will have a Pezzi King Zinfandel. Pezzi King from the Marin County area. I forget the city it's in. Pezzi King is one of my favorite Zinfandels, and so I'll be cracking open a bottle of Zinfandel from the Pezzi King variety. So you go in
2: Zin, so you go Manhattan, then yeah. you
3: go a white white Zin? No, 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 no. It's a Red, red, jammy, jammy zin. Ah. My friend calls me a, a Jammy truly? Jimmy because I like a jammier zin. Some people like an earthier zin. Yeah. I like a jammier zin. I've got a bit
2: of a sweet tooth. So you got a floral sort of zin. Yes. Okay. Yes. And Interesting. So that's what I'm going with. What's tonight. the Japanese whiskey again? It's a Suntory
3: it. uh, brand, and I forget the exact name of it S U N T O R Y. Okay. And they're the maker. And so I will use that tonight in my Manhattan because my favorite. Family vacation in, in our family's history was just prior to the pandemic. I took my entire family to Japan. We did a tour up and down Japan, did five cities over 14 days, 17 days. It was fabulous. Mm. Oh, We're late for a break. So that's my Father's Day Fair. What are you doing for Father's Day? 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Um, let's get some phone calls when we continue. We've got Father's Day Fair. Um my guess is we're not going to talk about the 49ers quarterback situation during this. Dan's already left the studio. Devone and Coza 95-7 the game.
4: What'd you have? A truly
3: Okay, picture this. It's
1: Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.